Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Oh, is it two o'clock already? Two hours down, three more left to go on our five-hour midnight ride. It's a 5 a.m. in the warm-up show. I was asked a question before. This DeVito story never dies. Look at you guys all lined up in a pretty little row. Wanted to talk about Tommy DeVito. And I rhymed. How about that? Um, what would I do moving forward at the quarterback position? Um, I would look to draft a quarterback. Um, I've been on that train. I'm not going to get off that train. If I, if, if I don't care where they pick in the first round, I don't. If there is a quarterback there that they believe in and Dable likes, whether it's, I don't know, Bo Nix, I don't care. I honestly don't care. If Brian Dable loves a quarterback and wants an opportunity to develop a quarterback that he likes better than, obviously, DeVito, who I can't imagine there's anyone better than DeVito. But if he loves the quarterback, that's what I want. Because I want my franchise. I want a franchise quarterback. I don't know if Devito's that. I'm open to that, I guess, on some level. But I find it very, very far fetched. I'm still not there yet. So what would I do? I would still look to draft a quarterback. There's other ways to build a team. Everyone's oh, they need so much. I had a guy on uh, Twitter the other day. Do you really still want to draft a quarterback? Watching this offensive line after Devito got sacked a bunch of times in the uh, New England game, and I'm like, yeah, yes, I desperately still want a quarterback. Of course. They make everything better. Like, DeVito, do you think the offensive line was that much better than it was against New England, or did DeVito tuck and run the ball and not get sacked? Like, that's how it works. He got better at that, so the sacks were less. Quarterback helps every position on the field. Wondell Robinson suddenly had a good game. You think it's he's, he's never been talented, or did they figure out a way to give him the ball and the quarterback made some throws that put it on the money and allowed him to make plays? Like, the great quarterback will rise all ships. So that's what I still want. You can go out. They still have other picks. There's other ways to improve the offensive line. There's free agency. There's draft picks. The first overall pick is not the only way you improve a team. And, yes, I'm open to trading up. I'm open to trading up. Now, if they continue winning like now, I hope they do, I'm not sure where they'll be. They're the eighth pick overall. I don't know how much further uh, back than that they could even you know, hope to see a trade. But I was going to say if they lost the game, I had this all planned, but they won the game. But if they were still looking to tank, I would say keep an eye on Justin Fields in Chicago because I thought he had a great game against the Lions. I don't I don't know if I were a Bears fan and watched him every week very closely. I don't know how I'd feel, but I still see some things. I know a lot of people don't, and a lot of people are ready to move on. I, I'm not positive how the Bears feel. And if he could play like he did against the Lions and win some games, they're going to have the first overall pick. And I there's still in my mind a slim chance that the Bears would, instead of drafting a quarterback, keep fields and trade that first overall pick. One, because I think you can get a lot. I mean, you get a ton for it. And you could move back just a couple picks and still get a quarterback. And if you feel like, feel, listen, I like fields. Um, I don't know how I feel about Williams. There's still other quarterbacks there that, that I might like. If I move back four or five picks and that quarterback I love is still there, then I'll take him. But I feel good enough about Fields where I'll take the chance that I miss out on the quarterback and I got Fields and who knows, I'll worry about, you know, I feel like I got a young, talented kid. If he plays well and wins some games down the stretch, maybe that's plausible. And that's why I was hoping to stay close enough, fifth, fourth, somewhere around there, where a trade up to number one is plausible. At 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you're talking about not possible trading up to the number one overall pick. But I'm still open. I'm open to trade. I would do whatever Joe Shane wants. I'm willing to do whatever Joe Shane's willing to do to get a franchise quarterback if they believe in one. And if they believe in DeVito, then I'm on board. But let I think a lot has to happen between now and then. Marcus in Manhattan. What's up, Marcus? Hey, how you doing? How's everything? Good, buddy. How are you? How are you doing okay. at 2 o'clock I, in the morning? I'm doing fine, man. I work nights, so it's not so bad. You know. <laughs> I hear you. You know, I, I just wanted to say, first of all, you know, I love your run. You're doing a, a great job. Uh, you. You're a breath of fresh air. You know, you're doing a great job. Well, thank I, I really, you very I really much. I appreciate that, Marcus. Good, good stuff. You're very clear. You don't have to scream. But, 
you get you're impassioned and you love the job and you love you know you love the games but you don't get crazy so i love your perspective well thank you that's very um, kind you know me so well yeah, I, <laughs> you figured me I out wanted, <laughs> it, it took a little bit but okay <laughs> you got me though I just I just wanted to say just a couple of things because I know a lot of people want to jump in, uh, and I, I'm gonna try to be very very brief. If not, I know you cut me off. But I just I, I wanted to say that you know I think perspective is important. It's like when Odell made that catch, Odell Beckham when he made that catch some years back. We remember the catch, but we we seem to forget that we lost that game. It didn't mean much. So that goes into your point, what you said about Devito. If we lose against the Saints. Everything he's done is not really going to mean much. It's going to be great for him and his his resume. I think that's that's neat, and I think he's 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 learning. He is learning quick. I will give him that. You see it when you know the eye test. It just doesn't lie. You look at his moves. You can tell that he's gaining more and more uh, perspective, more confidence, and you can see it in little things. He still holds the ball just a little bit longer, but that's I don't you know I think that the way he's going, he's going good. Okay, my, no my no doubt he played great in that game Monday night. I've. <laughs> No qualms about yeah, that. He he had a, he had the major flaw was holding on to the ball. Was it mm-hmm. perfect? Were there some plays maybe? But I thought he didn't take a sack and he, he was tucking it and running it with a, with aggression. And mm-hmm. and I thought he played a great ball game. He he was very very good. Excellent. Yes, he was very yeah. very good. And this is my last point. And this is my last point right here. Okay. Um. So I I keep Jones. I still would try to go for a quarterback in the draft. Yes, I would, but I would keep Jones. I'm not done with him because it feels like I don't know what this is about all sports people. We all do it. I do it. I don't know what this is, especially when it comes to football. It's it's a, it's an all-encompassing game. All the parts need to matter. But the problem is, is what we do to our quarterbacks. I'm talking about with all teams, even teams that I hate. We throw them out the baby with the bathwater when we know the offensive lines are horrible. The Giants have not had a great or we've never had a great offensive line, but we haven't had a decent one since the last, uh, I think before the last couple of years of Eli's run. They were just decent. No, well, the 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 Giants did have a good, the Giants had a great offensive line in 07 and 08 in particular. 08, they had the the best offensive line in football. Yeah. It's been a while though. You're right. What? Yeah, so what, what quarterback worth their salt, let's say all of the greats in the past, just the past, I'm not going to even go down names, would have lasted with our old line in these past, past oh, five years? A lot of them. I don't know any. No, that's not so true. You, oh, you, oh, so you feel that they would have? Yes. With our offensive line? Correct. Okay, okay. Not, you know, hey, because I, I, I think I, they, I their play, did, did you ever watch Tom Brady play? Now, uh, did Tom Brady play behind, and thank you for the call, did Tom Brady always play behind great offensive line? No. Were they as bad as the Giants? I don't know. That's fair. Probably not. But watch him play. See how many hits he takes. See how quickly he gets rid of the ball. How many incomplete passes. How many second and tens. Because he got rid of the ball. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with... um, And then there's mobile quarterbacks who do it too. Russell Wilson played with terrible offensive lines in Seattle. I mean, you want to quibble with me on whether they're as bad as the Giants? Fine. Russell Wilson won 11 games year in and year out with bad offensive lines. He made it work. The great quarterback will make it work. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times in a playoff game and won the playoff game. I I refuse. You guys think that no quarterback could make it work. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's just an easy thing to say because the offensive line has inhibited Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones ain't a great quarterback. Could he be better with a better offensive line? Sure. Could Daniel Jones, if he had all, if he had great weapons, a great offensive line, a great offensive coordinator, a great running back, a big, tall, wide receiver that he could throw to in the red zone, and a great pass catching tight end, could Daniel Jones win football games? Sure. So could every quarterback in the league. You don't have to pay forty million dollars for a player who can win with a great, phenomenal roster. You're seeing that with Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's damn good. Do you think Brock Purdy would win with with bad teams? I don't know. Maybe. We don't have to know that just yet. But I know Aaron Rodgers went through teams with terrible defenses and terrible, really, they didn't draft an offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers for years. They got um, they got Adams eventually, and they had different weapons at times, but he made it happen. Tom Brady made it happen. How many great, I mean, Deion Branch is a, world, is a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, guys all over the place. He had talent, don't get me wrong. Gronk is an all-time great tight end. right? We know how good some of uh, the slot receivers have been in his career. 
but Randy Moss, but other guys too that he just made it work with. The great quarterbacks make it work. You don't need to have a great offensive line and great weapons. Yeah, I mean, on some level you do, but last year, who were the wide receivers Patrick Mahomes were throwing to? And do you remember the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers? People like to bring this one up. I find it funny. Remember, even the great, even the great Patrick Mahomes can't overcome a bad offensive line. That is true. That Chiefs offensive line was terrible that year, and in the Super Bowl they got overrun by the by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's exactly why they lost the Super Bowl. Which means with that offensive line, they got to the Super Bowl. Yes, it cost them in the Super Bowl, but they got there. You know why? Because Patrick Mahomes made it happen even with a bad offensive line. Eventually you knew that offensive line was going to come up and bite them, and it did in the Super Bowl. 877-337-6666. Mike in Kings Park. What's up, Mike? Hey, hey, what's going on? What's up? Um, I hear me yelling Super Bowl. Turn down that radio, please. Yeah, uh, listen. Thank you. I think everyone's dismissing what Daniel Jones did last year. And I agree with you. I want to preface this. I'm ready to move on more so because of his health more than anything. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That was my reservations about giving him the contract, honestly, was the way he plays in combination with his health, the way – I mean, I thought they, I thought Dable was going to get him killed in that playoff game. Yeah. Minnesota. I mean, listen, yeah, he was running a lot, but now, I mean, but even before Dable got there, he had foot injuries, he had neck injury, now he's got the knee injury. I right. mean, it's always something with Daniel Jones. Two of the last three years have ended with season-ending surgery, and one was his neck. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's scary. I agree, and that's why I have no problem moving on from him. But, I mean, I think everyone needs to not discount what he did. Like, they won nine games. He went on the road. Honestly, he was the best player on the field in that Minnesota game. No doubt. He was, the, I, he, was the, he was arguably the best player on wild card weekend. Forget just that field. He was arguably the best player on any field that day. Right. And now, listen, and the offensive line talk, I mean, the Giants, it's not like they were not good. They were, they've been terrible. The offensive line has been absolutely terrible. I mean, if you looked at like some of these games earlier in the year, I mean, particularly the particularly the Dallas game on opening day, they were terrible. The Seattle game, they were pretty bad too. The Seattle I mean, game, they were pretty bad too. But he, I, 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 I would go back and watch that game again if I were you, and look at how many terrible sacks Daniel Jones took, and how no, many he put, like, he and there was that one where he got absolutely blindsided. He had he, he was standing there staring at the guy off the edge, knowing he was coming unblocked. And still got blindsided by him. Like those are those are things that good quarterbacks don't take that sack. I'm sorry, just good quarterbacks don't take it. So yeah. I mean, yes, they were bad in that game, but I thought he they I think he gave up like eight or nine sacks in that game. Oh, is it eleven? Right, it was some crazy number. He had like eleven sacks in that Seattle game. I would honestly tell you, I thought six or seven were on Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember watching it. There's definitely a, a handful. I would say you're yes. correct that he yes. had the ball way too long. But um, I'm just saying he's. I think Daniel Jones has talent. I just think. Oh, I don't think there's a doubt. I just think that he just, it's, for a number of reasons, it just it hasn't worked here, and I don't think it ever will. I I agree. And uh, I have no problem with them moving on with him after next year. I just don't know where they're going to pick, and I don't know if that guy's going to be available in the draft this year for them. Um, just like looking at through some of these quarterbacks. And, you know, I trust Dable and, and Sean, like you said, like if they think they can get a guy or, that they love and they can develop, they yeah. go out and get him. But, I mean, if not, I, I, like Evan Neal, I don't know what to think about this guy. Yeah. I still think they got to I think they got to address the offensive line still. I really well, do. Of course they do. Of course they do. They just don't have to do it with the first overall pick. That's all I'm saying. Like, that. Right. that's it. People, like, people think that you just ignore the offensive line because you draft a quarterback, number one. Like, we don't need a quarterback. We need an offensive line. No, no, no. If you don't have a quarterback, you need one. You need one. You need one. This roster's not ready for a quarterback. <laughs> if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a roster. That's I, I'll never understand that thinking. We're not a quarterback away. The roster isn't ready for a quarterback. Nonsense. You either have a quarterback or you don't. And if you don't, it's priority number one. It's priority number one, two, three, four, five. And then once you get the quarterback, then you can build a then you can build the roster. He is not the cherry on the Sunday. 
You don't build the team, have a great team, and then draft the quarterback. What you do in the ver- – and that's what makes the what the Jets did very rare. They thought they had the team. They went out and paid and traded for the Hall of Fame 40-year-old, 39-year-old quarterback. That's what you do if you think you have the team and you're just missing the quarterback. Because if theoretically, if you have the team, you should win some games. But you never go into it figuring, you know what, let me build the roster, and then I'll worry about my quarterback. You can't think that way. You have to get the quarterback, make sure you have the quarterback, and then build the roster. So I, I, I this is – like for me, that was my argument with Saquon Barkley. My argument with Saquon Barkley was the offensive line stinks, the team stinks. Uh, you have an aging Eli Manning. We don't have a future quarterback. Why are you drafting an offensive line? Why are you drafting a running back? Why are you drafting a running back second overall? The team is not ready for a running back. Running backs, the great running back at the top of the draft would only be if you were great everywhere else. If you knew you had everything else. Like, for for instance, right now, uh, the the Chiefs, for example, or a team like that that could use a running back, Pacheco, uh, Hurt, or whatever, and their, their last draft pick never amounted to much. But, like, if they want to draft a running back in the first round, I'm in. I'm in. If the Baltimore Ravens, if, if you know, uh, what's the young running back who stepped in, Justice, whatever his name is, if Hill and him and Gus Johnson or whatever don't work out, they, if, the, if they want to draft a quarterback, uh, a running back, excuse me, in the first round, that's great. That makes sense to me. I still wouldn't do it too high, but somewhere in the first round. But bad teams shouldn't be drafting those players. Bad teams should not be drafting players that either don't impact the quarterback play or don't impact getting after the quarterback or making the quarterback's life, the other quarterback's life difficult. Those are the guys who go in the top of the draft. Quarterbacks and quarterbacks and guys who get after the quarterback or make their quarterback like life dif- difficult with a, with like a, you know, as a, a cornerback or whatever. But I'm sorry. The Giants have many ways to draft, to build an offensive line. And oh, it's a crapshoot with the quarterback. It's a crapshoot with the offensive line. You just mentioned Evan Neal, seventh overall pick. How'd that go? Flowers, ninth overall pick. Need I go on? How many picks have the Giants given up on offensive linemen that haven't worked out? Oh, with your free agency money, you got to go pay an offensive lineman. Nate Solder. How'd that work out? Like there's hit and misses with every position. You need the quarterback. So in my opinion, the Giants should draft a quarterback. With the, with the first pick, if they're close enough, if they love one. If not, then I'm open to things. But there's other ways. They have picks in the second round and the third round. They have free agency. They have developing young kids. There's other ways to get the offensive line better. The offensive line has gotten better. Throughout this year, the offensive line's gotten better. They added Pew. You add different guys. You make the offensive line better. You don't have to use your number one pick. And using it on a quarterback doesn't mean I'm forsaking the offensive line. Ross in Bergen County. What's up, Ross? Hey, c Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear, buddy. How are you? What's going on, man? How you been? i got to keep it a little low. My, uh, my, the rest of my house is sleeping. I'm actually calling from the landline. So. Oh, from from a what? From what, the, the, what the hell's a landline? From, from the house phone. It's oh, the oh wait. You have a phone that's like directly into the wall? No, no, it's like uh, one of the like direct TV phones or something, you know, like the by the TV set. Oh, I understand. I understand. But the yeah, cell so. phone is a long story. I, my yeah. parents take my cell phone, and I could yeah. fall asleep in class, so I got a call from this long story short. Anyway, well, I was uh, being sarcastic. I'm 40 years old. I'm well and well. I, the first phone I used was a rotary phone. You know what that is? Is that the one like you spin the wheel? Or yes, something? you spin the wheel. There you go. You spin that? the wheel, and you hope the other person's on the other end. That's how you win. So, uh, real quick, I mainly want to make a net point by touching on the DeVito, Jones, everything. You know, kind of going into the year, Jones, you know, the whole, uh, you know, indictment on Jones was the offensive line was always kind of the first caveat to Jones. You know, all the offensive line, they're going to get him killed, this and that. You don't see that with DeVito anymore. You know, and I'm not, you know, you're kind of getting to the point where DeVito, you don't see him not only in the, you know, here, anywhere across the league, being nothing more than maybe a backup or even a third stringer like he is here. Aside from this, you know, feel-good story the last couple of weeks, but I saw the stat. He's like three and one, four and one since he's taken over. And I know you see the Patriot game, and obviously, you know, they don't miss that kick. That's a loss. This and that, you nitpick, but they were abysmal. 
to start with Jones, you know, earlier in the year with Jones. So you yeah. see any, you know, barely any signs of confidence with DeVito. I'm not saying that's more of, you know, a testament to him, more so just an indictment of what, you know, the player Jones is, aside from two or three games of all last year. You know, to be honest, obviously the playoff game was the anomaly. You know, right time he showed up. If it weren't for Ed Donatel, you know, abysmal play calling. Who knows how that shapes up? You see Brian Flores, D.C. this year. Who knows? But, hey, man, you know, we see how history repeated itself. But mainly wanted to get a Met point off real quick. And then yeah. The break. Good. Uh, I know coming from a Yankee perspective, it's different from you. I, I've heard, you know, uh, you know, Evan himself kind of turning a quarter all of a sudden on, on Steve Cohen. I've been calling him Kmart Cohen because I saw a tweet, ironically, a couple minutes ago resurfaced. Jeff Passan, when Cohen bought the team, even cited it right then and there, looking to become the East Coast version of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And f- less than four years later, on this day, we're talking about this past weekend, we saw them go after Shoei Otani. They're about to finalize a deal for Tyler Glass now. Meanwhile, on the so-called East Coast version of the Dodgers, we saw our supposed phenom Ronnie Mauricio go down with an ACL injury. And right now we're debating between Joey Wendell, who's already signed, or potentially a guy like Matt Duffy or Juan Yepes to be a potential platoon, you know, instead of a guy like Bregman or somebody, you know, the Dodgers who would go out and get that top name. And just it's just, you know, total bargain bargain yeah. shop and it's they have not lived up to it by any means well any stretch of the imagination i i mean i don't know if that's entirely unfair uh, they, well, they they did yeah, have the they highest moving the goalposts they've though. had the highest payroll in the history of baseball last year i know it didn't work yeah, out but i mean it's true. like he I hasn't mean, spent I mean, like money they went out they went out and got max scherzer they went out and got back to in back-to-back off seasons they went out and got Hall of Fame starting pitchers for over $40 million. You want to say that's not the best way to build a team? We can have that discussion, but it's not like he sat on his hands. They lost to Grom, he brings in Verlander. They go out and get Max Scherzer. The first move he makes is to trade for Lindor, one of the better shortstops in the league, and gave him $340 million. So, like, I'm not not saying you're entirely wrong. The way they're handling this offseason is puzzling to me. I agree. It's just every year kind of the philosophies. Yeah, I think, well, I think what happens... I think a part of it too, Ross. And thank you. I'm gonna. You uh, and oh, I'm sorry, bud. No, you're good. You still there? Good. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I got no. Really, I was just saying. You know, you go from like two years ago, the all like you're saying the all-in approach, uh, spend every cent possible, to now just two years later, we're going. You know, paying top dollar well, for I, prospects. I, I think what yeah, I think what happened, Ross. And, and thank you for the call. I'm up against. I am up against the break. What I think what happened was it didn't work, and it ended with being a miserable team last year. And I think he probably had conversations with Stearns, would be my thought process, that before this hire, there was still, I mean, as I know, he was working as an advisor for the Milwaukee Brewers, but you could see this move coming down the pike for a couple of years even. Uh, I think that talking to guys like Stearns or Stearns himself, they felt like the organization itself wasn't strong enough and that they couldn't sustain it on just money alone. And he threw money at it when he first got here because he wanted to win and he thought he could buy it real quick. And then after it bottomed out last year with a miserable season, the highest payroll in the history of the sport and finished you know under 500 in a miserable year and had the one of the worst Junes you can ever imagine. And for a franchise that has a, has, has a ton of them, it's one of the more disappointing seasons in the history of the franchise. I think he said, you know what? I don't know if buying everybody is the best thing for us to build a winning franchise. Maybe I was a little hubris uh, with trying to buy a championship in the first handful of years. Let's take a step back. I'll still pinpoint a couple guys here and there, a 25-year-old starting pitcher who I think can be with me for the next 10 years and anchor a staff when I have no starting pitching. Okay, I'll target him. But you know what? We have some answers inside uh, this organization as opposed to go out and buying a, uh, a an expensive third base uh, expensive third baseman that I don't know is is the best move for the next three or four years for this team. Like I'm not chasing this year at the expense, and that's why he's not involved in trading for Soto. They're keeping prospects. They're building prospects. He paid for prospects with the trades of uh, Verlander and Scherzer. He's building the organization, and he's decided whether he believe whether he wants to or not, whether he's actually convinced of it or not. He's going with the plan of kind of taking a step back and getting a feel for the organization and filling its holes top to bottom, f- filling its holes organizationally and not just this 26-man roster. And I don't know if it's the best-case scenario. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. When you have as much money as him, you'd like to think you'd be able to do both. The Dodgers do both. 
you know, the Dodgers, to be fair, the Dodgers did take a step back the last two years waiting for Otani, but in that time, they won the division both years. So, I mean, that's the thing. The Mets finish under 500. So there's a balance, but there are holes on this team that could be answered in some ways via free agency. They could go out and buy more than just one pitcher, which I, I you know, which so far right now all they've, you know, really done is Severino to the starting rotation. But you could go buy, if you wanted to, go buy Yamamoto and go buy uh, Snell or go buy Montgomery. Why not? It's just money. You print it. But it seems like I think the failure of last year had a prof, uh, profound impact on him, and he's thinking about building this whole thing differently. And that might mean taking a step back. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's how the GM feels, and that's where he got this initial thought, considering he knew he was going to hire this guy for a long time. So I think Stearns came in and said, hey, 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 I'm open to spending for the right guy, but let's let's take a step back. Let's assess where this organization is. Let's answer some questions inside this. Let's see if we have a third baseman here. If not, then we can pivot next year. We know we got to pay Pete. You know, we're going to figure out this thing. Let's see if we have answers. Let's see what our farm system looks like. Let's take a second. And that's what it feels like they're doing other than Yamamoto. And that's why I think it's so damn important. Because if they don't get him, what's to excite you about this team? This this pitching rotation it would is going to be a disaster. I mean, I guess they could pivot somewhere else. They'd have to, but they have to bring pitching to this team. And you'd like to think the offense can turn around and give you a better performance than it did last year, something closer to the 22 team that won 101 games, but ultimately there are still issues there. You just lost Mauricio to an injury, so that that hinders the room for the third base job. There's a lot of questions with the Mets, a lot, but they've just not been as intriguing because it doesn't seem like they're on the market for anything but Yamamoto. We have been waiting for this Yankee-Met-Yamamoto thing, and now the Dodgers have been thrusted into the mix but this is what the entire offseason looks looks like for the Mets. And that's why if they fail, and especially to the Yankees who already have acquired Juan Soto, I mean, it's going to be a bad look for this rich owner who buys Jackson Pollock's at a whim. It's going to, How can you consider him the same guy you thought he was? That's the question. Is he going to be Steve Cohen, or is he going to be some version that's you know better than the Wilpons? That's not good enough. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, hello there. 2.36 on The Fan. McMonagle here with you. 877-337-6666. It's been a Tommy DeVito kind of day. Still, we're waiting on Yamamoto to make a decision. Those are the two main stories for me, at least. A lot of things uh, around the league, uh, around the world, around the sports scene that we'll get to. We'll also give you a um, today's, uh, I wanted to do this, I had this idea of kind of having like an advent calendar. I'm trying to get into Christmas more. My kids are right at the right age uh, for Christmas. Uh, They're really into it this year. Uh, So I'm trying to you know, try and get into the Christmas spirit. So I thought I would do like a little bit of an advent calendar where every day I give you a little bit of a a Christmas take or just a thought that I've always had on different things during Christmas. Today is a a Christmas music take, and we'll do it some point in the 3 o'clock hour, our little advent calendar for December 13th, Wednesday, December 13th, McMonagall's Christmas gift to you, I don't know, Christmas take, Christmas thought. The way uh, the other one, I gave you a couple of movies last time. I gave you Trapped in Paradise, which someone called me last night and said it was an excellent movie. If you haven't seen Trapped in Paradise, check it out and Jingle All the Way. Those are my two underrated. More people know the Jingle Underway, uh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but um, the hidden gem, which I forgot, Gio actually texted me and I saw him too at the Islander game. Gio actually texted me and said he had a story about. I got to ask him the next time I see him. Uh, about that movie, Trapped in Paradise, with Nicolas Cage and Dana Carvey. Excellent movie. Very, very funny. Uh, so we'll have a little Christmas theme to go through the show. Uh, Draymond Green, I just saw the video. If you haven't seen, Draymond Green is, uh, you know, is at his old tricks again. So he's th- thrown out for a fl- flagrant two in this game against, they're playing the, the Phoenix Suns, right? Um, they... I believe they won the. Did they win the game? Who's my chair? 
Nothing wants to refresh for me. No, the Suns won 119 to 116. In the game, Draymond Green, who we all know has his history. There's the video out there if you haven't seen it. Draymond Green is going to the sidelines and he's getting his hip, he's getting his hip kind of turned. And as he's doing it, he completely flails his arms, turns around, and crushes the defender. I'm trying to see who the defender was. I'm just seeing the video now. Just absolutely punches him in the face. I'm watching the video again. So he's getting like kind of spun as he's going to the, the baseline or the sideline. And he just spins around and clocks the, the defender in the face. It's 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 a punch right to the guy's face. And he got thrown out of flagrant two in the post game. His his excuse is I was getting spun around and I don't flop. But I do sometimes try and sell the call. And when I sell the call, I flail my arms. So I was spinning around to show how much he was impacting me. And I was flailing my arms. I did not intend to punch him in the face. He pretty much just spins around, flails his arms around, and clocks the dude right in the face. And his excuse is, well, I was trying to sell the call. And he apologized. And he said, listen... You know me. If I did something on purpose, I'd never apologize. I'm apologizing now. So you know I didn't mean to clock him in the face. It's just, it's more of Draymond Green. Unbelievable. You got to see, if you get a chance, go on Twitter, see it. Fliegelman, do you know who he who actually hit? By any chance? Trying to, like... None of the stories I'm reading have the defender's name. You mean I... tonight or the the chokehold from weeks ago? No, no, no. The the punch tonight. Have you seen this yet or no? I've seen it. I forget who he hit. Yeah. Oh, it was Nurkic. Oh, is it Nurkic? Okay. I mean, it's it's the video is just hilarious. Nurkic, he's guarding him up. He's barely spinning, like barely has his hand on his hip, and then it just looks like. Green Green is almost tripping or something. He's pick, he's like flailing all over the pace. And as he turns around, he just whips his arm around and catches him right in the face. I mean, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. He needs to be suspended for this. This is so blatantly, I mean, he just wow, turns around and clocks him. Even if he didn't mean to do it, it's complete disregard. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just saw the Marco said it to me in the update. I'm just seeing the highlight now. I mean, he he just spins around and clocks him. I don't know. And he says he's, he's also to- if you want like he so he hits him with his right hand, but he has his right. back to him, and his left hand is reaching behind him the entire time. So he knows Nurkic is right there. Oh, he knows he's right on him. He knows Nurkic is right on him, and he literally spins around, and the right hand comes a, like fully extended. The right arm is fully extended. He spins full speed as fast as someone could spin with his right hand fully extended. What did you think was going to happen? And it looks like it might be. like I would have to see it slow down, but with the left hand reaching back and feeling Nurkic's chest so he knows is there, it looks like he might grab him too, like grabs the jersey, keep him close keep for him a second close, as yeah. he spins around. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was he doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, this is as blatant as it gets. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's an impossible, like, that arm movement is not natural for anybody no. at any point. No, no, that is, that it is. It comes up. Yeah. That is, that is Andy Dufresne after crawling through the tunnel. The arms are fully extended, spinning, and you know the guy is right behind you. And, and like if this were boxing, we would say that is an incredible no-look punch. <laughs> yeah. To land a hit like that when you can't see who you're I trying know. to hit. Yeah. And then the excuse is I was trying to get the call. I was flailing trying to get the call. Unbelievable. I was yeah. flailing upwards and into his face. Yeah, this is... With a closed fist. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah, I mean, he needs to be suspended. It's enough with this guy over and over and over again. At what point is it on the league? It's on the league uh, now. Like he, he, like it's just embarrassing. It's on his coach too. Kerr is constantly defending him. Like it's just enough. Like this is. I don't know how you can argue this. I've, I'm watching the clip over and over again. He just spins and clocks him. Like the other arm isn't flailing. He's got his other arm holding him tight. He knows exactly where he is, to your point. Like, he can tell he's being guarded. It's not like – and plus, if he's selling a call, he knows he's being guarded. You can't just spin and keep your arm that high. It's crazy. 877-337-6666. Luciano in Staten Island. What's up, Luciano? Luciano. Hello? All right, Val in the Bronx. What's up, Val? Wow, this is starting to become, like, kind of weird because I, I keep coming in after either somebody cursed and you couldn't keep him on the line. Now, like, the guy just didn't show up. This is weird. This is, like, the second or the third time this has happened. Really? I, I don't know. On? They just Someone up above might just want me to talk to you. What's going on, Brother Mac? They need to understand the honor that it is to be on the airwaves. When the guy says your name, take the call, brother. That's it. Yo, I agree. Brother Mac. Yes, sir. I want, I, I want to talk some Yamamoto with you, but before I get to that real quick, Otani and the Mets, all right? Let me ask you something about the Otani thing. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm on the fence as far as where the, the inspiration for the, the, the numbers that came through with the deal and how they worked it with the Dodgers. But I'm almost wondering if, you know, and it's a cultural thing, you know what I mean? I'm almost wondering if, if Otani was willing to or open to those terms in terms of what he's getting like in the earlier part, these first couple of years, yeah, because of the fact that he knows that he's not the full player that they're buying. You know what I'm saying? The fact that he's not pitching this <clears throat> year, if, if that was part of his consideration for saying, okay, maybe we can't work something like this out. And I understand how you feel about it counting against the, the salary cap and all that stuff like that. I'm not talking about that stuff, but I right. mean, as far as, you know, why it was even possible to do it. I, I, I almost wonder, you know, if that had something to do with it, him um, saying, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. He's making a ton of money. He's making, I don't know, but like culturally, culturally, um, the, the, the Japanese mindset is, is more so of like, you know, I want to make sure I fulfill my end of the bargain on that. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but no, I mean, then he would have just signed a, like I, I he would have just taken less money. Like he's still getting, he's getting $700 million. He was shopping this idea around, about deferred money in the contract to every team he talked to. I don't think it's about because he know. I think he plans on pitching. I don't think that he's he's making two million dollars every year for those ten years. So I don't think it's just like. And even if if that like it's not like, it's not like he took a, a slight discount or whatever. He's making two million dollars. You don't think just hitting thirty hitting forty home runs a year is worth is more than two million dollars? No, I hear you, but consider what they'd have to fill out if he's not doing the other part of his role. Yeah, no, you know? I, I, no, I, I just think that he he sees this as a way to make a ton of money, defer it, and not have to pay taxes on it in 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 with the Cleveland uh, Cleveland with the California tax code. Texas, he's going to save a ton of money on the back end because he'll be back in Japan by the okay. time the. So that that's the angle. That I think that's the angle. Yeah, he's going to save okay. money. Yeah, part of it is to get the Dodgers more uh, flexibility. So he can win and bring players, but I don't think it's because he feels he's he's not worth the money that people want to give him because he's a one-way pitcher. He's a one-way player at the moment just for this year. I don't think that at all. I don't think that at all. Frank in Kings Point. What's up, Frank? Hey, Chris. What's going on, brother? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, good. Listen, man, this Draymond Green thing, uh, enough is enough. With did you see guy. the video? I mean, yeah, I did. I did. I mean, that, it, it's blatant. It's a non-basketball obvious assault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all it is. This is a 20-game suspension. I it's it's got to be a big suspension. Yeah, 20, 20 games if if at the minimum. Because this, this, guy, this guy's got to go out of the league. He's going to hurt somebody. He's, he's mentally unstable, this guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, I, I don't know. I mean, he is he – I mean, oh, no, I don't defend it. I I don't defend it at all. He needs a, a big-time suspension. It's I don't know about mentally unstable. He's just he doesn't care. I don't I don't know what he I don't know what he's doing. And like he he says he's flailing to get a call. He's he just whips around and clocks the, and clocks him. I just 
Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's blatant disrespect for your opponent. It's bla- it's it's in the moment he, he has. I don't know if it's anger issues necessarily or whatever the case may be. But I agree with you. Enough is enough. He has to have a major suspension. Uh, has to. I mean, I, I mean, Nurkic's hand was on his hip, but nothing justifies that. I, I mean, he could have killed. Now really again, I didn't see the game. Yeah. I didn't see every play. Nothing on what I've seen from this highlight justifies getting clocked. Nothing. No. No, I mean every, every other game he's getting suspended, he's getting teed up. I mean this is this is enough. We got to set an example here. No, uh, no, yeah, I mean he just he know. just turns around and punches him. Yeah, I it's, mean it's, thank God thank God it wasn't a closed fist. He did he did have a, he slapped him. He didn't right. He had he had his face. hand he had his hand open. Yeah, otherwise but he knows ex- he knows exactly where he is. Oh, without a doubt. Like what did he? Fault. How he could he possibly him. not think he was going to punch this guy in the face? And thank you for the call, Frank. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a major suspension, I, and I do. I think enough is enough. How many instances, how many issues, how much time in this guy's history do you need before you start making an example, before you start telling this guy, you can't behave this way? I mean, I'm at the point where you penalize the team. You might have to penalize the team in some way. Find you know, find the owner a bunch of money. Like this one is just dramatic. It's just again, I don't know what happened earlier. I don't know if uh, Nurchik took uh, cheap shots at him earlier in the game. I have no idea. I-, I-, I did not see the game. I'm seeing the clip. He's being defended. That's it. I mean, yeah, is he he has his hand on his back, but I mean. He's being defended, and he just whirly birds and turns around and just throws an o- throws an open handed, you know, full speed. Just wa- it's unbelievable. He he, and before he does it, you actually see him put his hand out, like he's he's got his back to Nurchik. He's got his he puts his right hand out and then just spins and clocks him right in the face. I don't know how he didn't think he was going to... That excuse of trying to sell a call is just absurd. Andrew in Florida. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Chris. How you doing? What's up? Big fan. Wish you had the midday show. Well, thank thank you. That's very kind of me and Loogie. Uh, No worries. Hey, I'm an Italian guy. And there's a problem. I'm I'm not a woke guy, but... All these stereotypes that go along with 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 Tommy DeVito and the, the, the Italian from Jersey and the, all the innuendos, I, I, I got a little problem with it. If there was any other any other athlete who was who was black or Asian or Spanish or threw innuendos yeah. out there, it'd be a huge problem. Yeah, it, 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 just a double standard really bothers me. Well, I mean, the athlete himself is doing the hand gesture. I mean, nobody. He, I mean, he's doing that himself. Fair enough. Um, but- and just, you know, I think, I, and I the think the Italian they're... kid from Jersey, right? You don't say there's, an, uh, you know, I don't want to say anything on the. Radio no, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I get, you know? you. I, I get you, Andrew. I think the team is buying into it. Um, I understand there are a lot of people. Listen, there are a lot of people who, who, uh, you know, there are a lot of Italian Americans who didn't like the Sopranos. They actually played, you know, into that a little bit on the show about the, the association with the mafia and all that. But like, um, I understand your point. On some level, but I think Tommy DeVito's pay, played into it himself. It's it's nobody's being disrespectful necessarily. You're talking about chicken cutlets. I mean, it's not anything too disrespectful. And I, I I get it. It's become and and a little, what I would say is this: I'm I'm almost ready for the story to be about his football play. Like and and I think that's at least like what we're turning to. I wish it was just the play on the field this week as opposed to what he is for the future of the Giants. But his play is now going to, like, it's a fun story while he's a nobody. It's a fun story while he comes in and wins one game. It's a fun story when he plays okay for a week. When we're having conversations about whether or not he's the next giant quarterback, I think the story fades, and it's more about this young man and the the ability he shows on the football field. But, I mean, I get your point. I'm I'm an Italian-American. I know I have the, the McMonagle last name, but that's about it. I'm getting ready for Christmas Eve and celebrate with the seven fishes. I cannot wait. It's by far the best meal of the year. It is so much better than Thanksgiving dinner. It's not even worth discussing. Christmas Eve, at least, you know, in me and my family, 
uh, an Italian family. We have all the uh, the fish. So I I understand what you're saying. I'm an Italian American. I you know it's 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 chicken cutlets and a hand gesture that he himself be started. I mean they're calling him Tommy Cutlets. It's not. I mean. I, I hear you, but I, I, I think it's pretty harmless. 877-337-6666. All right. What do we got? Three hours down, two more to go. That's it. Guys, before you know it, I'm going to be off the air. I mean, don't waste your time. Life is too short. 877-337-6666. Frank and Baldwin. What's up, Frank? Hey, buddy. I'll have the gabagool. There you go. I'll have the go- doing, Where's friend? the gabagool? How many times do you think they yeah, said that in The yeah. Sopranos? If you put that, I bet you there was, there probably is someone who put a video together of every time the word gabagool was used in The Sopranos. Oh, how about from The Office? Do you watch The Office? Uh, you know what? I, I never did. I mean, I, I have oh, obviously seen, epi- I've obviously seen episodes, but I never, here's the thing with comedies, and to just get off on a little um, uh, television rant here, I love comedies. Comedies make me laugh, obviously. I love to laugh. Um, I have never, it is very difficult for me to feel like comedies are much watch, must watch. Excuse me. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, I find it hilarious. I very rarely will say to myself, "Oh, Sunday, ten o'clock. I got to make sure that I'm watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'll catch them as they come." Like I just like uh, dramas. You have to watch, but comedies, I watch them when I can. I, I so no, I never really watch The Office religiously. I've definitely seen a bunch of them, but I. I, I don't know enough. Do they say gabagool a lot on that one? I don't. I've never heard them say that on The Office. No, it was a scene where, where Michael was thought he was being shook down by the, some mafia guy. Oh, and uh, he went out to, to the restaurant with him, and he said, "I'll have the gabagool." You know, trying to act like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The guy no, like I didn't. Most of the time, uh, I watch. Well, most of the time, I most. Of the, I'll be honest. Most of the Office I see is like YouTube videos of either the best is the pranks on uh, Dwight. Though those are. When when yeah. when Dwight gets a fax from himself from the future saying someone poisoned the coffee, oh yeah, that's that that is like the funniest thing I've ever seen. That is that is great stuff. But I, I have to yeah. admit I've never seen uh, Michael say uh, gabagool, although it sounds. Hilarious. Oh yeah. Um. So on to a depressing subject, the Mets. I'm telling you, <laughs> here and today, first the first when um Otani with Mets didn't even do anything. I have a strange feeling. Listen, that I'm not get... kidding. I, I know it's 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 hyperbole, and it's easy to just say now. I am not kidding. If he got wind, if if Steve Cohen got wind that Otani was shopping this deal and offering seven hundred and offering ten years, seven hundred million, but having the money deferred to the point where it's it's literally being estimated that it's worth four hundred and eighty million dollars. There is no reason because listen, the thought process. I think he would have went up to six hundred million. Like and straight six hundred million, like a normal contract six hundred million. So if he was willing to do that, which I think he was, if this deal is available, make him the first billion dollar player and pay pay six fifty. Like honestly, if that's what it would have taken to get Shohei Itani, you're gonna make money on him. Like you're the richest owner in baseball. You're gonna. It's not gonna. It's gonna affect your payroll to the point of fifty five million dollars. Like go do it. Go do Hell it. Yeah. Do he something crazy. Make a splash. Go get the greatest player in baseball history, and that's honestly what Shohei Otani is. It might end up being a total disaster. I get it. But to not even be involved and then use the excuse, like, pretty much he said, they didn't call me. In other words, they know I'm the richest guy in the room. They know it's good to have me in negotiations. They know that even if they don't want to come here, it's it's good to engage in me, and they wouldn't even go there that far. So if they won't even contact me, they have no interest in he has no interest in being a Met. Why pursue it? And I think that's 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 BS. Go 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 find and go see what you can do and talk to him. Like, oh, you want to defer all this money? How about nine hundred? You take nine hundred million. I'll give you nine hundred million. You willing to defend? Uh, you know, defer. Uh, take nine hundred million and defer eighty-eight million dollars a year. I'll do it. Let's go. Like that's what should have been done. So uh, the Yankees getting sort of kind of hurts being a Mets fan. If Yamamoto doesn't sign with the Mets, that's really going to hurt. Well, now, prepare you know, to be hurt, Frank, because we are having the Yamasoto winter. <laughs> it's happening. He well, is going now, to be a Yankee. Now, listen to this. Now, Mauricio gets hurt, and he's out for the year. I know. That's a, that's a bummer. I, I know. Mean, it's very much like painful. a Diaz injury. And, and you're going to sell me Justin Turner to make me feel better? No, thanks, buddy. I didn't. I didn't I'm try sorry. and make you feel better, but it's... Well, yeah, I you, mean, you. 
No, but I'm, I'm just saying Turner. Yeah, but I'm just saying Turner is a legitimate right-handed bat. Uh, Turner can play third base. I mean, he does he does fit needs uh, for the Mets. There's no doubt about it. Is he as you know? Does, does it help you feel better about a young stud you were hoping to be in a cornerstone of your team having a, a major injury? I, no, it doesn't. But it's 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 better than doing nothing. It's better than just saying okay, it's going to be Vientos and Beatty. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. All right. A little Christmas hot take from McMonagle coming up at some point in the 3 o'clock hour. More to talk about with DeVito. Juan Soto. Why I'm not concerned that he will not sign long-term. And some of the comments being taken out of context by gentlemen like this man to my left who casually throws out things like, you know, while I'm here. We know why you're insinuating that. We know why you're playing that up. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. The man said what he said, and I, I pointed it out. Yeah, you pointed it out. You played the clip and then said it was said several times in this interview. I heard you. And I he heard did. you. He made it clear that he wanted to put that in there. You tell me that wasn't a message to the Yankees and of their fans? Co- of course it was. Yeah, there it is. Well, it was a message to the Yankees, but he is a he is a Boris guy. I'm telling you right, if Boris called him today and said the Yankees offered me six hundred million, it's the best thing, he'd be like, Okay. Like, I don't think I think he will do whatever Boris says. I think that's why he turned down four hundred plus million dollars from Washington, because Boris said we'll do better. And I think right now he said, You know who to call? Call Boris. I'm I'm I don't care about this crap. And he I, was coached, I don't argue with that. And he was coached. He was coached. He was coached to make sure. And he sure. knows to make sure, and Boris yeah. told him, make sure you mention for this year. Yes. And he said it a lot. Yep. I know. Ah. Uh, I know. I'm not worried though. I think it's I good. didn't say I was worried. All right, I'm just saying. All right, I got a break. I'm sorry to cut you short, but he told me I got a break. So Fleegs is in control. Correct. Oh, no, it's his okay. show. All we right. all know it. Listen, listen, I talked to him about my jet takes before I got to go on the air with them. Well, see, that just makes I, sense. I thought, I'd be totally honest with you, between me and you, I think Zach Wilson is phenomenal. I mean, if did you see him throw that ball around? I I, I would gladly talk about how much I like Zach Wilson, but Fleegelman was like, listen, I, he's he's awful. I see him. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go with you. So, I know it makes sense. It does. Sometimes and I'm going to go with your football picks. That's how it works. You, I'm just going to listen to you with how I bet. I'm going to listen to him on my takes and hope I just make it through this these two years and get another contract. 877-337-6666. How's that Christmas bonus working? Can we uh, split that fleece? Yeah. We got that. We got a little piece of that. Margo, it's 301. Enough. A little piece of that. All right. As soon, listen, I, my worked, apologies. I worked half the year for Carton and Roberts. I'm expecting half a Christmas bonus from them. And then I'll we'll distribute, you know. So just basically everybody gets a Christmas bonus but me. That's how it works? Okay. I, I suppose. Just curious. Listen, okay. Just check it. All right. Okay. Look at throwing the Christmas bonus out here. I like it. 877-337-66. I've never had one. Never? No. Not once? Oh, I'll get you the, the first Christmas. I'll get you exactly what Steve Summers got me for the first Christmas bonus. <laughs> You'll love it. I think I'll pass. You'll love it. What Do you, th- do you like do you, do you like Washington or, or uh, Granny Smith? 